Bills Mafia, was good? This Stevie Johnson, Mr. Why So Serious, and you now tuned in to The Lowdown with Jake Jordan. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the coolest place in Bills Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host, Jake Jordan. This is The Lowdown. And as always, uh, you know, we're going to talk about some pretty good football, ladies and gentlemen. But one of the things that we need to address, I'm going to tell you what is on the slate for today's show. We're going to talk about to the final 53-man roster, kind of go into a couple of things that I want to talk about when it comes to maybe some depth at certain positions. We're going to talk about the tight end room, something big in Bill's Mafia that has gone on is kind of the handling of the tight end room in the situation that we have right there. And then we're going to get into other AFC East news where I'm going to talk about the Patriots and Mac Jones and then finish it off with Deshaun Watson and particular rumors that are going on down in Miami and how that could affect the Buffalo Bills in the future. So we will get into that. So to start off, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it finally happened. Preseason is over. We are heading towards the home opener against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But to get there, We had to get down from 80 people down to 53, and that happened. Uh, Most definitely that happened. Uh, One of the big things that I kind of look when I'm looking through here is, one, our defensive line is stacked, everybody. One of the things that should get any particular member of Bill's Mafia super excited is to just sit here and look at the depth that we have on this D-line. My God, ladies and gentlemen, the absolute firepower that could be on this defensive line especially coming from the rotations that we will do keeping dudes fresh our defensive line and i forget who exactly said it it was a podcast i heard it one time a while ago uh actually might have been the famous bruce nolan talking about how kind of the expectations that we had coming into this year uh if you remember, or not this year, but last year, if you remember, we came, we added Mario Addison, we added Vernon Butler, we lost Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson, and we came into this year being like, okay, well, these guys should be upgrades, we're going to be dominant. But what happened? Our defensive line, it didn't seem could get any pressure. Like, if you needed pressure, if you were going to put a bet down and you needed a team to be able to get pressure in sacks, if you bet on the Buffalo Bills, you were going to die. That was going to happen. So, in all honesty, we came into the season thinking, and it was a disappointment. And now we come into this season and what we've seen even in the preseason. See, that was the big thing. These guys, when they came in last year, they didn't have a preseason. Now they did. We get to see what they're gelling. The coaches are definitely getting to see what maybe the guys that we've brought in have been able to do against others. And I truly, truly think that with this rotation that we have, the Buffalo Bills defense going into this year is going to be very, very nice. And I can't see 
how it isn't. I mean, obviously, everything could go bad, and the defense, at worst, is just how it was last year. Jerry Hughes is able to get back there, but whoever's on the other side across from him is not. Uh, I definitely hope that that's not the case. I would love to see Gregory Rousseau possibly getting the start over Mario Addison with Mario Addison kind of taking a backseat, but maybe not even that. Maybe Mario Addison just gets less snaps. He's in there running downs, and when it's a passing down, you get a big guy like Gregory Rousseau in there to one, clog lanes, get his hands up, but also get back there to the quarterback. Another big thing is, you know, we I, I've always pounded the table, and that's definitely I'm part of this section of Bill's Mafia that's really pounding the table that we want a upgrade at cornerback two. Obviously, that's not gonna happen. Uh Levi Wallace has seemingly locked up cornerback two again. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I mean, he's won it the last four years. We haven't really brought in anybody who's truly able to challenge Levi Wallace for the cornerback two position, even though I think the Bills were more than capable of doing that, but they did not. Uh, but one of the big things when the final 53 came out is the Buffalo Bills only kept five corners, which is very surprising when a lot of the times they will keep three out there and if you think about it, if one guy goes down, now that was all squashed when the Buffalo Bills brought in their practice squad and brought guys like Rashad Wild Goose and Cam Lewis and Elijah Griffin back so that we do have guys just in case the corners go down. But this really kind of, you know, emboldens the philosophy that we kind of have with Sean McDermott is that he has always kind of sacrificed the secondary in coverage to pass rush. I mean, I just got done talking about the whole defensive line. Just thinking about how deep it is, you can tell that the philosophy on defense this year is going to be get to the quarterback. So we kind of, you know, sacrificed a little bit. Now, don't get me wrong. Our secondary is still going to be good with Poyer and Hyde and Tredavious White and with uh, Levi Wallace over across from Tredavious White and then uh, eventually we will have a guy like Taron Johnson be in the slot uh, but also one of the things is true corners that were kept Saran Neal uh, is a guy that usually you would think is going to come in and possibly also compete for the slot corner spot but they also brought back Cam Lewis so definitely some things to look at there. Nick McLeod sadly was taken by the Cincinnati Bengals, the only Buffalo Bill to be claimed off of waivers. But no, this kind of emboldens the philosophy that Sean McDermott kind of favors, and it's always been known that he favors pass rush over coverage, even though the Buffalo Bills, I felt, could have had the best of both worlds by being able to bring in a guy who, you know, across from Tredavious White, who is a definite upgrade over Levi Wallace. I mean, it's not hard to say that there were corners that were out there that the Bills could have brought in and pitched the philosophy of the process and, you know, maybe gotten on cheap deals. And, you know, they didn't. They decided to stick with their guy and Levi Wallace. Even though they let him go, he came back and, you know, 
apparently according to coach these are comments that came out today i'm recording this uh thursday september 2nd you guys will be hearing this on friday coach had come out and said that the battle is ongoing between dane jackson and levi wallace i still find that super hard to believe as we have heard that a lot of things coming out of campus that levi has gotten a majority of the starting snaps so in you know in all reality i'd like to believe that the coverage is still going to be fairly decent we're still going to have the best safety duo in the league we're going to have one of the most elite corners over on the edge no matter what anybody says um you know and we're going to have a guy that's serviceable in levi wallace who's over there at cornerback too so i truly think while we're sacrificing a little bit our defense is definitely going to have a step up this year. But one of the other things that came out today that Coach McDermott talked about was uh, the offensive line is not uh, completely set today from what we heard. The competition battles are still going even, you know, after the 53 has been set. And, you know, that's not surprising. We've always known that the guard play for the Buffalo Bills has not been something spectacular, right? Like we've known that even though guys got beat out in camp, you know, some of these guys still aren't on the level that we expect them to be at. So maybe there's some uh, rotations with Ford and Botker or Feliciano and Botker and just our O-linemen because we kept four offensive tackles. We kind of know who those are going to be. It's going to be Dawkins. It's going to be Williams. And it's going to be Spencer Brown and Tommy Doyle. Those are going to be our, tack a, our starting tackles and our backup tackles. But really, when it comes to the guard position, we brought back Jack Anderson on the on the practice squad. But I don't see him really having that much of a factor when it comes to the Buffalo Bills this season. But really, one of the big things has always been our guard play, right? The interior offensive line. So what are we going to do with that? Well, we're going to let these same guys who have been battling still battle it out. Even though last year, while our whole team did not play, our whole offensive line did not play together as single. I believe it was not even a single snap last year. Uh, that's something that was probably a problem. But to hear that the battle is still going on kind of makes me think that they're still getting a little bit of subpar guard play out of the guys that we have in these positions. And one of the things that we need, especially to help our run game be a little bit more efficient, is to have good interior guard play because that's kind of one of the reasons why I believe the Buffalo Bills were not, you know, fully were not fully able to take advantage of the running backs that we have because we've seen what Devin Singletary can do. We have Matt Breida added to the room. Zach Moss is still a monster. We know it, even though he had some runs that he ripped off during the preseason that were called back he's still capable of having those types of plays so we know what these guys can do when they have a slightly above average guard play they're able to do things even though it seems that the philosophy of this team and we'll get into this when we talk about the tight ends is mainly passing it's a passing league now and the buffalo bills are fully adopting it and trust me i love it it's flashy but you got to be able to pound the rock once you're ahead to be able to absolutely stomp your opponents in the dirt so really when i hear that the guard play is still you know it's still a battle i'm like okay it makes me really wish that guys like forrest lamp were able to you know kind of 
pull it out of camp and actually make it to the 53. But because of injuries, of course, Forrest Lamp free to go wherever he wants after an injury settlement. But I was really, really hoping that, you know, a guy like that who's been a starter in the league before was going to be able, and even if he didn't start, it was going to be a quality backup. But we kind of know what Ike Bodker is. We know what John Feliciano is. He's kept to be a locker room guy, really. He's not a great guard he's a good guard but he's not a great one so really I would have liked as much depth there as possible especially hearing that these battles are ongoing it makes me think that they're still getting subpar play and are not getting exactly what they want but speaking of I just brought up the fact that the Buffalo Bills have changed to a passing team one of the biggest cuts that happened and this kind of the surprise and still the talk around Bill's Mafia right now is uh, Jacob Hollister. Jacob Hollister was brought in around the time that, you know, Zach Ertz rumors were going around. And, you know, I'm going to throw my theory out after this and don't take that at its word. But Jacob Hollister is then cut and not brought back on the practice squad. So your tight ends going into the season are Dawson Knox. Tommy Sweeney and Reggie Gilliam, who will be listed as tight end, technically tight end three slash fullback is what Gilliam will be playing. And I've had this conversation over the last couple days. Obviously, I've been listening to other people's podcasts, get their input, see what they kind of think. I've been on my own podcast before the day that the 53 came out. You know, we were all kind of just sitting there waiting to see what was going to happen. And Jacob Hollister was not one of those guys that I was assuming was going to be cut off of this team. Uh, there were even people in Bill's Mafia going as far as to say he should be tight end one over Dawson Knox. And I believe that had to come from his pass catching ability. But we'll see how that's kind of changed. A lot of people think that Brandon Bean is putting a little bit too much stock into Tommy Sweeney, who I believe was the seventh round pick by got a by Brandon Bean in his front office and people kind of just thinking that Bean is taking priority over these guys that he thinks still have the traits and obviously we brought in a guy I believe today we also brought in somebody onto our practice squad who is a tight end that apparently the Buffalo Bills were looking at last season during the draft a lot of people had their own uh had their own takes on him thought that he would be a good thing he was a third round pick uh, I believe his name is Kahale Waring I don't know if that's the exact pronunciation of it but he's a tight end who you know can't catch a break he's been cut and waved off of, I believe three teams in like the last like three weeks so definitely a dude who's kind of bouncing around and this kind of got a lot of people pissed because one of the things about it is uh, Jacob Hollister, from what he did show in the preseason, I didn't think he was taking tight end one spot, but I truly thought that Jacob Hollister had a place on this roster, And but it turns out it's not. And one of the big things that I feel like kind of contradicts this, and I'll have my theories, is one, uh, Brandon Bean, when he made comments at the end of the season, talked about the tight ends. You want a tight end like those guys, or like that guy in... Kansas City who we all know is Travis Kelsey and obviously you want a guy like that and you want to develop 
your guys to be guys like that. And Dawson Knox, while I think has the tools to do that, has not proven that up to this point. Maybe the coaching staff has a little bit more faith in him. But me and just what I've seen watching all 22 and watching Dawson Knox, had, yes, he has gotten a little better. Yes, his chemistry with Josh is a little bit better from what we've heard from the coaching staff, but I still feel like Jacob Hollister had a place on this roster one because the previous chemistry he had with J with Josh Allen, but also the big playability that he had in the passing game. And one of the big things that I think uh, kind of had to be done was it was a decision where the Buffalo Bills, and we know all offseason, were trying to get Zach Ertz. It was Philadelphia media was talking about it. Bills media was, you know, we were all in on Zach Ertz. We thought they were even saying that trades were going to be happening in 48 hours. Uh, as I look at my watch right now, this is the longest 48 hours that I have ever endured in my life. But one of the things is just that we were actively pursuing Zach Ertz, which tells me that the Buffalo Bills know that there's a question mark in that tight end room. And I feel like Jacob Hollister was brought in for leverage against the Philadelphia Eagles to be like, hey, we don't really need Zach Ertz. Our tight end room, we have capable tight ends. But what really happened was they didn't end up getting the trigger pulled on Zach Ertz. So what happens? Okay, it gets down to 53-man time. Do we really need Jacob Hollister? Well, let's talk to the coaches. What is your philosophy going to be this year, Dayball? Well, you know, we really are going to just be throwing the ball all over the place. Um, so what are we going to do? Well, to get another receiver on the field, we're going to be going four wide, very, very heavy uh, to keep guys in the wide receiver room, we had to sacrifice Jacob Hollister, and now the tight end position will probably get thrown into more of a blocking type of situation. You're not going to see a lot of plays designed for uh, tight ends uh, in the receiving game. It's mostly going to be wide receivers. And look, I think that having capable catching tight ends is something that's very important in this league because tight end is still a position that is learning to be respected especially by some defenses which is why teams like the bucks and the chiefs who have elite tight end play are able to absolutely kill you because the guys they have in those positions are able to tear you up so in all reality I think that, you know, the situation with the tight ends could be handled a little bit better. And then Jacob Hollister not being brought back at all is kind of something that was a little surprising to me and surprising to a lot of people. And I really feel like the tight end position is still something that the Bills could use to get over the top because until Dawson Knox really proves it, then I still believe that there is a weakness at the tight end position. But that is where we're going to leave it with the Buffalo Bills talk. Now, obviously, we're going to talk about the AFC East because, yes, some things have happened in the AFC East that do affect the Bills because the national media likes to slobber all over these things. Slobber is a gross word. Don't think I should have used it there, but they are slobbering all over these other things that have happened in the AFC. So, of course, as a Bills fan, we got to talk about it. I'll give you my input on it. Do I think that they're very, very uh, significant? Do I think it's going to affect what we're going to do? 
No, I don't think so. But I think it's just fun to talk about certain things that are also happening in our division. And of course, I follow this stuff very regularly. I've said it on occasion. My current girlfriend, uh, who I've been you know, with for four years now, I've really gotten to know her family and her dad is a Jets fan. Her mom is a Patriots fan. So I really just followed the AFC East in general. So of course, that also includes the Dolphins. And really, uh, one of the big things that I had to do the other day was text my girlfriend's mother, congratulations, because the New England Patriots released Cam Newton. Now, this is something that I don't think a lot of people kind of expected them to do, right? Like, we kind of knew when Cam Newton had the, like, COVID mishap with, miss, like, not a missed test, but kind of like a not approved type test, and he had to be gone for five days. And we heard that Mac Jones was lighting it up in joint practices with the Giants. Now, this is something that's crazy because... Cutting Cam Newton basically leaves the New England Patriots where I believe their quarterback room right now is Mac Jones, Jarrett Stidham, who I believe is hurt and had to get surgery, and Brian Hoyer, which means that you know they're going all in with the rookie quarterback. Now, I've been on record of saying that I think sometimes that's good for a quarterback depending on what situation they're in josh allen kind of got thrown into it his first year because nathan peterman was absolute dog water but we don't have to talk about that really just mac jones getting thrown into the system i think that there's a lot of expectation on him i think any quarterback that gets thrown into a major market like a boston or a miami kind of especially with a team that had 20 years of success with Tom Brady. And now Tom Brady goes somewhere else and is having success there. New England fans want to get back to what they've, you know, most of those people have never known a losing season in their life. And that's something that's crazy as a Bills fan. You know, we know a lot about losing seasons. But in reality, you know, Mac Jones is going to add this pressure on him. But a lot of people think he's going to come in and win, like, offensive rookie of the year. I, I don't think that they remember exactly what Tom Brady was doing in that offense game managing but Tom Brady was death by a thousand cuts and one of the things is I don't know if Mac Jones can be that guy like Mac Jones while I believe he has the intangibles to be a good quarterback in the league I don't think that he's really going to be you know Tom Brady like you don't those don't come around very often and New England thinks that they're going to luck into a second one. And a lot of the national media seems to think that that's going to happen, too, uh, with Booger McFarlane from Get Up the other day coming out and saying that the Buffalo Bills are on notice because Mac Jones is now the starting quarterback in New England. Um, I understand you got to say these things. It's a brand new story. Got to hype it up. That's the thing that most people are interested in. Please talk about Mac Jones, you know, taking the Patriots back to success. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, just looking at New England's team as a whole, I really don't know how much of a danger they're going to be to the Buffalo Bills just because they're still kind of rebuilding. I think a lot of people think that, you know, Bill Belichick is kind of the reason why the Patriots had so much success, even though they had Bill Belichick last year. And guess what? Uh, they didn't even sniff the playoffs. I mean, hell, they finished third in the division. And a lot of people kind of wrote Belichick off after that. But then they get Mac Jones and a lot of people go, oh, well, then he's going to mold this guy into being the next Brady. Like, you know, I, I, I don't truly 
think that I think it's kind of delusion and I think it has one of those qualities that a lot of, you know, Bills fans had every year like, oh, this year maybe we'll make the playoffs. So this year, you know, we got to be good this year. Like I I feel like that's kind of going to settle in with the New England Patriots now. Obviously, as long as Belichick is there, I believe they have a chance. But with a team that's as well-rounded as the Buffalo Bills, it's going to take a minor miracle for somehow a team that's still kind of in their rebuilding phase to go around, like basically beat out a team in the Buffalo Bills, which one, have one of the best coaching staffs in the league, one of the best rosters and most talented in the league, and have a quarterback who seems to be on you know, on par with some of the higher tiered quarterbacks that are in the league. When you've got something like that, then I think a rookie quarterback, unless he is the real deal, is going to take a lot more than that, especially, you know, we know they're going to be running two tight end sets. They're going to be trying to run the ball and they're going to try to beat you on defense, that old school style of football. I don't think that that entirely matches into how football is played right now. Uh, While it is still, I still think it's 100% possible the Bills split with the Patriots this year just because, you know, sometimes the Bills' Achilles heel is the ball getting ran on them unless they are particularly planning for it. I think that the New England Patriots still, I believe they finished second. I still think that they are in contention for a wild card spot because I'm going to be the one to tell you, I think that. All that they need is a consistent game manager, and if that is what Mac Jones can be, then the then the New England Patriots can be successful. However, I don't think that they can truly get to a level where they are, you know, beating the Buffalo Bills, and you know the schedules will be very very similar. While the Bills will have to play the number one since you know they they get the first place schedule. Like it's not a cakewalk. Like a lot of people think that it's going to be the same New England Patriots. Tom Brady made up a lot of that team. I don't think Mac Jones is Tom Brady, but the jury is still out on that. But unless you ask Colin Cowherd, who, you know, take his opinion with a grain of salt, like a lot of people do, some don't even take it seriously, moved the New England Patriots up to 12 wins, being tied with the Buffalo Bills. I don't see that happening. I still think that New England's ceiling is 9, 10 wins max. And or you could be Booger McFarlane that says the Buffalo Bills are on notice. One of the great things was hearing Pat McAfee, I believe it was yesterday, talk about the betting lines and saying that it is the Buffalo Bills division. And the only reason that you would think that it's not the Buffalo Bills division is if you are a delusional, you know, Boston stooge. So I'm, I'll just leave it there. I think it's still the Bills division. While I think that Mac Jones could be a decent quarterback, I don't think he's Tom Brady. And I think if he's a game manager at best, New England is always going to be a good team, but they're not going to be an elite team. Now, talking about teams that a lot of people were calling elite last year, we're going to go into our final subject here. And if you're still here with me, thank you for that. Make sure to go follow Built in Buffalo on everything. And, you know, if you want to see me live talking with my guy, Justice, we do a show on Mondays called First Round Bye, where we usually bring on other people onto the stream where we talk to them. We talk about football. It's always a fun time. And then we also do a live stream every single Wednesday on the Maximum Marvel where we talk about comic books and stuff. So if somehow you're into comic books and movies and stuff and also football, make sure to go check that out. Follow me at Jake the Bills fan on 
Twitter, and also, you know, just follow Built in Buffalo on every single platform. They're literally on everything, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Go follow it. The brand is growing, and while a lot of people don't want to acknowledge it, we are building a family here, and every single person who listens to these podcasts is part of the family. So if you're not if you're not with Built in Buffalo, what are you doing? Come on, check it out. But the last thing we got to talk about today is the rumors of Deshaun Watson to the um, the Miami Dolphins. Now, I am on record as calling Deshaun Watson a a hole. I'll I'll keep it there. Uh, that's kind of like the abridged version. Like if any of these things are true about him and what he did to women, I think it's absolutely despicable. And if he's cleared and there's evidence that he didn't do any of it, and it's not some kind of settlement thing with money, then I it will change my mind. But one of the things that I have to think right now is reports have come out. Charles Robinson from Yahoo Sports has talked about that the Miami Dolphins were still in talks with the Houston Texans to acquire quarterback Deshaun Watson, who currently has 22 civil cases against him for uh, sexual misconduct, but also is being looked into by the FBI for possibly offering money to said victims to stay hush-hush, which would uh, then get the feds involved, which is something, it's a big no-no, everybody. So really, the big thing that we have to talk about, right, is why in the world would the Miami Dolphins still want Deshaun Watson after all of this stuff? I think, one, it's a PR nightmare. And you got to think right now, especially, they've had to have Brian Flores come out and say, no, two is our guy, two is our guy. But in all of the national pundit reports, have that their owner, the owner wants Deshaun Watson on the team because one, I, I just don't see, I, there's something going on down there in Miami, and they always preach something about culture. They want high character guys in the building and everything like that. That's what Brian Flores says, but there seems to be some sort of disconnect between him and the owner, and of course, the GM wants to do what the owner wants to do because he wants to keep his job, and you don't want to be like, no, we're going to stand our ground and not get it. That owner will have you out in no time, so really, they have to talk and be like, okay, well, if our owner really wants Deshaun Watson, we have to get him. But the thing is, that's a PR nightmare. And if what the Houston Texans are asking for, which is like three first and two seconds, I mean, you, you're really heavily banking that Deshaun Watson is innocent if you do pull off that trade. And it's apparently the a lot of teams that were in the talks, like the Panthers and the Broncos and the Eagles, they want to pick protection. So if Deshaun Watson were to, you know, be guilty, they would get their picks back for it. But Houston is saying no. But apparently, you know, all reports are coming out saying no, the Dolphins aren't looking into Deshaun Watson. But then Charles Robinson is coming out and saying that I would challenge the Miami Dolphins to come out and say that they're not looking to get Deshaun Watson. And of course, that has not happened. So really, I just look at it of does Deshaun Watson make them a better team? Yes, I truly think he does the talent they have on the team. I think he's obviously a better quarterback than Tua at this point. You can't argue that unless you are uh, my boy Justice, who uh, doesn't think that Deshaun Watson moves the needle. I still think that Deshaun would obviously make them a better team. 
I think that it makes them a little bit more formidable than the Patriots in the division. However, this just screams dysfunction. That's a big thing in a lot of these organizations that I like to keep preaching is that, look, they've been dysfunctional for 20 years because they couldn't beat New England. What is going to stop them when a new team takes the place of New England? What's going to stop them from still being dysfunctional? All of a sudden it changes. I don't think that that's something that just overnight you're like, oh, yep, uh, we're going to change. We're not chasing the person at the top. We're really just focused on our rebuild. No, obviously, if you try to make a move like getting Deshaun Watson, you're trying to win now, and you're really just kind of looking short-sighted instead of trying to develop a guy in Tua that you took. And I get it if you think it was a mistake to pick Tua over Herbert, but that's your guy. You can't just sacrifice. If you didn't think Tua was the guy, you should have kept your picks in this year's draft or last year's draft now technically um during this off season and maybe just got somebody else if you truly didn't believe in Tua but now go trade for Deshaun Watson have a PR nightmare whatever that's just the Dolphins doing what the Dolphins do uh at this point I think that their organization is probably even a little bit more dysfunctional than the Jets and that is saying something but Thank you, everybody, for listening again. These 31-minute episodes, you're going to get these 30-minute episodes uh, because now uh, school has started back up for me. It's in the fall. Uh, We're really just trying to get through this because I'm in my 3,000 and 4,000 level classes, senior year starting. This is where it gets real, ladies and gentlemen. So when you hear these podcasts, they're going to be around 30 minutes long. Unless I have a guest on, then they'll probably stretch to an hour because if you can get 30 minutes of my takes, you're going to get 30 minutes of somebody else's takes. And I'll try to get some more high-profile guests on from time to time, but I kind of just like talking to you guys by myself. That's my thing. It's it's not that I don't want to have guests on because I love having people on. I will have my brothers on. Like, I will have guests from the community on, like Justice. Obviously, I love talking to people. I want to get Vince Taylor on the podcast eventually, and I know he's listening to this podcast. Uh, I want to get people on eventually, and I want to just, I just want to talk, and I want to keep it going. And throughout this whole season, it's going to be great. Because being on Fridays, you know, I kind of get to get you hyped up going into the games. Uh, Of course, I'm not the Saturday show, but Friday night, like, if you're listening to it on a Friday night, then, you know, you're definitely going to be hyped up after these shows going into the games, whether it be on a Sunday, on a Monday, you're going to love it no matter what. This has been Jake. This has been The Lowdown, the coolest place in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York. I will see all of you guys next week. Thank you.